0: Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. It is me, Greg Piatelli, and Mark Higgins talking about the NHL. We talk about everything from the first couple weeks in the 2021 season. The Flyers, the Bruins, the Capitals, COVID situation. A lot of different stuff developing, and we break it all down. As always, though, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, mash that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, that's where you can find all of my Flyers videos that I've been doing, recap videos. Those have been getting a lot of great reviews. Join our Facebook group, be a part of the conversation. But enjoy this week's episode. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. And here we And we are live! Welcome to this episode of the podcast here on the Bullpen Code Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man. We're talking hockey. The first two weeks of the season are in the books. Joining me are the two boys from Boston. We'll start with the prophet himself. Although we'll get into some of our early season thoughts. But Mr. Greg Pitelli, how you doing, my
1: friend? Jordy, I needed a what's up, welcome, we are live. Not just the, the we are live. You know, Jordy... I think you should <laughs> do it again. Take two. Don't cut. <laughs> I, want, I want everyone to hear the first one and the second one. The, well, uh, the what's up welcome, that's that's a addition from your roommate. She
0: she was the one that brought that in. I've always gone, and we, Fair.
1: Fair. Uh, no, it's awesome. It's, it's a little, little coating of snow, a couple inches uh, overnight, and uh, everything's white and pretty in the city, and uh, – Things are going well. Was How it you doing? A,
0: was a shift from the storm in Arizona? You see, they got like seventeen inches yesterday of snow. Yeah, in Phoenix.
1: No, I had no idea it could snow in Phoenix.
0: Yeah, they, uh, you know, they're letting fans into the Coyotes game, so
1: the hockey gods wanted to give them a little gift. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know that. Uh. Let's get to the other guest, the the one that everyone came to see.
0: <laughs> well, yes. Coming back is our man, Mark Higgins. Mark, what's up, buddy? How you doing?
2: Jordy, it's Mark. I'm up in Boston. Mark. So you got there you
1: go.
2: I'm <laughs> good, good, honored to be here. Thanks for having me again. Oh, yeah. Just love being on the show. Love talking hockey. We had 13 games last night, so a lot lot to dissect here.
0: Oh, yeah. So you hit the nail on the head. We've gotten to this point where, you know, there were two weeks in the NHL oh. season. Both the NHL and the NBA finally gotten back to their usual agreement. The NHL gets Tuesday and Thursday. NBA gets Monday, Wednesday, some Fridays, and it's great. We got a ton of games last night. A lot to follow along with. Um, awesome for if you're a fantasy player, gambler. You know, tonight we only get two games, but you know, get some good stuff on the NBA side. But first couple weeks of the season have not disappointed. I don't think. Obviously, there's been some COVID that went through the Central Division, or we might as well just change the seed to COVID. And uh, we had we had a little bit of news both in the West and in the East divisions, but let's just jump into the immediate impressions from the season so far. Greg, we'll, we'll jump over to you. What have you, what have you
1: seen? What have you been surprised by? What are your thoughts? Uh, to me, it's the thing that's going to surprise me most is just how much of a dogfight. A lot of these divisions are going to be and it. And everyone is just going to beat up on each other Right. If that makes sense. So it's, you know, one day the, the, the Rangers get spanked by the devils and then the devils beat the Bruins and the, Bru- you know what I mean? And then the Bruins beat up on Philly who sweeps Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh beats Buffalo and the Islander. And then the Bruins lose the Islanders. So it's just every team, each division, I should say, is just going to be a grind to get to the end of the season. And I think ultimately the team that stays healthy and the teams that, that can avoid getting suspended for COVID ultimately will, uh, I think, prevail and win out in, in the long run. So we have a couple of teams that have probably played themselves out of the playoffs at this point so far in the season, but for the most part, everyone's still in it. And I think uh, it's going to be a dogfight the whole way, which is exciting. I think night overnight, it's going to change who who's in first, who has the most points. And, and it's just going to be, I think it's going to come down to the last week. No one's going to be able to rest their stars.
0: Yeah. Which is uh that's exciting. You hit the nail on the head with the baseball format. We've seen it. In the East, it's been back-to-backs, but we actually had a four-game-in-a-row series a la baseball between uh, the Coyotes and the Golden Knights, which is pretty insane. But it's pretty cool, and it, I feel like teams, right now, the goals are off the charts unless you're Arizona, Dallas, or the Islanders. It's basically that. Uh, Mark, though, I want to hear your thoughts. What are what have you been impressed with? What are you surprised by?
2: Yeah, just uh, harping on what Greg said. It's impossible to predict like who's gonna win any given night. You can predict the over, you can predict the under and you know if if a team might lose by, you know, over two goals, but just picking a winner any given night's pretty darn tough. Um, this is gonna be the type of season it's gonna be just compact, nonstop hockey every single night. And I see I notice some teams are doing thirteen forwards and five D to compensate that. I think that's I think Vegas is doing that. It's a pretty interesting strategy. Maybe some other teams will follow that. Uh, but yeah I mean I'm pretty one of the biggest surprises for me is Montreal there I didn't realize the youth movement they have going up there um, alongside the veterans they have with Price and Weber Uh, they could be a wagon moving forward Um, and something that's not really surprising is the Islanders they've played what they played six games and they have 11 goals for just typical Islanders and yeah, I, I mean, you'd think that they'd adapt and, and try to get some more scoring there, but they haven't. Um, Eleven goals against, too, though. Yeah, it's, it's, even
0: yeah. even goal differential. But the Sabers twenty one and twenty one, so it's at it's a some point you, you think it's going to probably come to a head. Maybe because of the back to backs, eventually does it add up or does it keep going? To the Islanders use their low defensive style, the trot hockey, if you will, to you know wear down the division. You know that's what they did in the in the playoffs, and that seemed to work for them. So, let's see what happens.
1: uh, Mark and Jordy, before we get your take on the first half of the season, Jordy. Actually, no, yeah, let's get your half. It's two weeks. First, first week. Let's get your let's get your take, and then we'll get into the Canadians.
0: No, I. uh, Yeah, I mean, what Mark said. You know, it's Montreal being one of few teams to not lose regulation. The Capitals, who did have players suspended for COVID, and still went out and and. uh, Beat the Sabers. Grand one was in a shootout, but the Canadians and, and what they've been able to go it shows that last year wasn't that much of a fluke in the bubble. You know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, they're playing the Penguins. This is going to be easy money on Pittsburgh." And they grinded out the Penguins. They grinded the Flyers. And you know, if one game goes another way. Maybe they go to they go to seven games. That six game matters a little more, where the Flyers kind of pulled away at the end. They showed that that wasn't really a fluke that they won five games in the bubble by. You know, being tough, having a solid decor. You mentioned Shea Weber, but Jeff Petrie's had an unreal start to the year. Kerry Price, obviously, you know, we gave him a lot of credit last year in the playoffs, and he's just continuing that torch. And their team, whose whose offense has just completely exploded, they have Suzuki, who was thrown in there when I, I think it was in the Galchenyuk trade, right? And he, uh, you know, he he's looked awesome. And given
2: uh, the Pachetti oh
0: Pacioretty deal, yeah, thank you. Um, but they're you know they're one of the top goal scoring teams in the league they're the top goal scoring team in Canada and uh yeah they're actually in the league they're they're the only team with 29 goals so far and i don't know it looks pretty good it's uh certainly a question that that Canadian division's all over the place calgary really low scoring team only 16 goals in 5 games uh vancouver slow start their defense has really slowed up which that's probably one of my bigger shocks we were talking a little bit off air of our predictions. I thought the Holtby experience was going to be, you know, an immediate fit, and he maybe needs to settle in a little more. Their young guys look a little lost at times where, you know, some of the vets and, and some of the, the superstars of the league can take advantage. You know, McDavid had a hat trick on him and stuff like that. So that Canadian division, I know we were talking a little bit about the East. Greg mentioned the kind of the circle of, of victories that have gone on, aside really from the New York Rangers. That Canadian division to me is fascinating because night in, night out, those games are absolutely electric. I wish we got them more. We talked about it a little bit in the preview. There aren't a ton until February on NBC. I wish we got more of them though, because last night, following along, Winnipeg ends up beating Edmonton six to four after an empty netter. Um, and they got—I mean, they—and we'll get into the trade that they just completed in a little bit. But they got a youth movement that's just getting even younger by adding. Well, I guess technically they're the same age—the two guys they traded. But I mean, that, that's a—that's a team that. I wasn't too sure about you both were and, and, but we could be saying that about any, any team really, I think, except for the senators. So that, that Canadian division being, being a lot of fun, I think is a a happy surprise for me.
1: Yeah. And, and Jordy, you mentioned it um, previously before we had any pods, but like, I think there's two games on NBC SN that, that are actually coming out of the, those Canadian divisions or or something. crazy. I don't know the exact step, but it's
0: zero until the middle of February.
1: Yeah. So it's just, it's, just amazing to me with McDavid and, and Austin Matthews
0: uh, yeah, title, the,
1: the Kachuk brothers, you know, yeah. all the young up and coming stars that they want to promote and that are, or turning into the face of the league. Patterson gets every other highlight. He seems like he's on there, but so it's just like Mitch Marner
0: is off to a hot start. I should say.
1: Yeah. Marner's leading the league. So you'd think they'd want to have like these guys showcased more, but I guess, I don't, know, I, heard, I don't know. I heard, I think I heard something that, yeah, I don't know. So, so the Canadian division to me is, it's surprising. It's just not on TV, but yeah, it's fun and, and it's good. And I think the West is just as much a snooze as we thought it was going to be in the central, who knows because of COVID, but there are some good teams there and it's going to be a dogfight. It's just, again, they don't necessarily play the games. The East and the, and the Canadian division have definitely been the, the two best so far in my opinion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It uh
1: I don't think like no you mentioned bias.
0: No bias. <laughs> well, like you mentioned, not not really <laughs> to the surprise of anybody, but I don't know. The Kings are there right now technically in the playoffs. There's four teams tied tied it at eight points and the only reason why Minnesota's not in there is because uh you know, two of their wins came in overtime or a shootout where they have four wins versus the Ducks and the Kings who have three. But it's gonna I mean this is you know, it, it might turn into something where Vegas starts to run away with it, especially as those long series build up, where I think that's why the, the Coyotes had a little bit of a slower start. But, you know, uh, it'll be it'll be pretty fun to see.
1: Yeah, so getting into Montreal and staying in the Canadian division, uh, Mark, with Claude Julien at the helm in Montreal, and they have the young talent with an old uh, defenseman in Weber like Chara, uh, and Tuca, and, and, I mean, uh, Sorry, an old goalie like Price and an old goalie like uh, the Bruins had when they won their their cup with Tim Thomas is is this Canadians team another uh, a Bruins reincarnated up in Canada?
2: I mean, I've, I've been looking at their roster. They're pretty, I've, I didn't realize how stacked and well rounded they are. Like adding Josh Anderson, six foot three guy who had twenty seven goals two years ago from Columbus. Um, they got they got skill with Frolic, Drewin. Um They got Tatar, Toffoli, goal scoring like Corey Perry, just a little rat out there alongside. Um, who else is Gallagher? So they got Perry and Gallagher running around. Gallagher yeah, was being a, a pest. Deneau, he was such a
0: pest last year in the playoffs.
2: Philip Deneau, twenty-four years old, he's a two-way center, one of the best up-and-coming. Like he'll probably be a Selke candidate in the years to come. So they have defensive guys they have well-rounded like they have guys who are rats they have goal scorers they got that experience in the back end with uh petrie and weber They have romanoff who's an up-and-coming young stud defenseman and then they got price and net so they got a little bit of everything there and Claude Julian's system what is he four years now there so yeah they could be a sneaky team to make a run uh in the postseason i, I didn't fun. that was a that tough helps. prediction by me last episode
1: that's what I'm saying, Mark. Is I'm comparing it to like when Marshawn and Bergeron and all these guys were coming up, and it was just like this even Krejci, this just young, unknown—not unknown, but underappreciated team—that all of a sudden went on a run and just tore through the playoffs, and they added, you know, they had added depth, and they had guys that were pests, and they had they had physicality and defensive-minded strategy like uh, like Claude loves to play, but. You mentioned. I mean, I feel like
2: did this, you mention yes, Foley? Yeah, Tyler Defoli.
0: Yeah, he's. I mean, what an ad! That's an awesome right. just pickup. I mean, he was awesome in Vancouver, and obviously he's been on. Was it? Was he on both Kings Cup teams, or just on that second one?
2: I'm not sure. Yeah, he I'm not sure either. The second one,
0: but the uh, he
2: would he would have been 20 years old when they won in 2012. Oh uh, yeah, so hey, probably he probably was wasn't the
0: that. um Yeah, but Jake Allen too. The backup, you know, adding a backup goalie. I mean, that might turn into. Kind of the sneaky prime trade move that they made in the off season of just figuring this is going to be a sprint and having a guy who, at one point, was a one A starter and then kind of gets his, you know, they call him Jake the Snake, his job got snaked by Jordan Binnington, and you know he's been he's looked ex- excellent behind Carey Price, a guy who you know, maybe they give him a little bit more rest as Greg mentioned, you know you can afford that if you have two guys that are, you know, that ca- that caliber.
2: And they, they haven't even played a home game yet. They're four zero and two on the road, so no regulation losses on the road yet. And I don't want to turn this into a Montreal podcast, but that's uh, that's, that's insane.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Do you any other teams that jumped out to you, Mark? I know you mentioned Montreal. I mentioned the, uh, the some of the slower starts, but any other teams to you that jumped out or started off slow that you're a little bummed about?
2: Um, I think. Everything seems to be right where I thought it would be. Uh, Vancouver's gotten off to a slow start. Um, could be some goaltending issues up there with 34 goals against. Yeah. Leading the league. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Rangers are 1-4-1. and one. That's a bit surprising to me. Um, I, I after think that's 10.
0: just youth. Coming out yeah. of it slow. You don't really have a guy that's setting, setting the tone, you know. they uh, A lot of their vets have either left or kind of, you know, I don't, I don't want to say you're just not that experienced enough, but they haven't been in the playoffs in the last couple of years and they've rebuilt on the fly kind of. And, and I just think it's just youth. That's probably a large part of it. And a young goalie who probably just,
1: I think it, it also goes back it. to like, yeah, I agree, Jordy. And I think it also goes back to like you, the, the, that first line last year had such a breakout and it's so hard to repeat once everyone knows and has time to like, I don't know, study you. Right. So I feel like that is a huge factor as well. That's definitely a big surprise for me as well. I, it's something that I – I mean, I obviously had the Rangers in the playoffs, so that's
2: I mean, the Zibanejad me. had, had 75 points last year in 57 games, so he has two points this year in six games. Slow start for him. They did make the bubble last year the playoffs, but I don't think they made the regular.
0: No, they lost, I believe they lost to Carolina in the first round or the qualifying round. Uh, but yeah, that's actually a really good point that. They didn't really get it up then either. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, even, yeah. Well, yeah, they, they actually do have a pretty, you know, Lafoyne and, and, uh, um, he just scored Keandre Miller. He scored his first goal last night. You know, so, the, you know, the, I would say the future is bright, but I, I just think kind of go against Greg's prediction. I just think it's tough for the, uh, the first year to look at what, uh, I think it's just tough to to kind of throw them into the fire this year with having to play the Bruins, having to play, you know, older experienced teams and all that sort of stuff. But I guess, though, on the flip side, the Devils, maybe to Greg's point of they didn't have the breakouts, nobody really knows how to defend them. They're they're right in the mix right now. So who knows? Maybe it's just a slow start and the the Rangers get settled in and and figure it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to, I mean, the rookies, you know, that's sort of. Great transition by you, Jordy, but that's got to be the biggest storyline here is these kids coming in right away. Oh and God, and yeah. Lafreniere, you talk about Lafreniere, this year's number one overall pick. You look at Jack Hughes last year, he was n- non-existent for the whole season. And then all of a sudden this year, he's factored in all but one of New Jersey's goals uh, in all their games. So, And he's had a sister goal in all of them. So it's just like that kid is... is the real deal, and yeah. and you just wonder, like Capo Caco, is he going to step up and make that jump this year as well? lafreniere is he going to need next year to make that? You know, we talked about. You said Counter K- Miller, the kid from Buffalo. There's rookies all up and down throughout uh, uh, Anaheim. Has a bunch of them, so it's just a matter of like when are they going to make the jump? And Jack Hughes is that perfect example of he's just a stud this year.
0: Yeah, he's been. uh it was it was fun to watch him last night. The Flyers play the Devils and. You know they didn't. They didn't quit, and they have a number of dudes that uh, you look really good. And Jack Hughes, just watching him last year, just something what didn't totally click. Maybe just a little slow start out of the gate. Which you know may, maybe that's just what we you know have to come to expect. Maybe, but then again, you know there, a lot of the guys that we were watching at the beginning of this month in the World Juniors have stepped in and have played really well. Dylan Cousins and Buffaloes look pretty good. He scored last night. Um, and, you know, there's all the guys out west that we talked about last show that I think, you know, maybe that becomes the main storyline out of the west aside from how many points is our Vegas and Colorado up. But, yeah, the youth movement is is pretty awesome to see, I think.
2: I mean, and you have to be very delicate with kids who are 18 years old, like not get on them, the media, us in general, like to get on them right away if they're not you know, doing what you expected them to do. Not everybody could be Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews and come in and light it up right away. Like, some people's bodies develop way later. I know Hughes put on, like, 20 pounds on the offseason. He was 18 last year, 19 this year. It makes a huge difference. So, it's just, like, my point is you have to be some guys. Everybody's different. Like, some people develop sooner than later. And, you know, it's it's so hard to predict what they're going to do. In two to three years, I mean, you just kind of have to stay patient sometimes and and bite the bullet if they're not, you know, putting up points right away.
1: So, so I guess
2: the question then,
1: Mark, is if I'm New Jersey, I draft Jack Hughes. Do I tell him, or you know, I number one overall pick, Lafreniere. I draft him. Do I tell him play another year where you are, do another year, or go do a year at college? Or, you know, are you bringing them in right away and letting them develop in the AHL? Like, where where's the you know, where do you want them or that development to happen?
2: I mean, it all depends on like who else you have on your roster. You can't stick a guy like that on the third and fourth line, right? He's not going to be a yeah. grinder. You need to be playing top minutes with skilled guys. Uh, and you can't really send him to AHL this year because that schedule is a mess. I think I heard that there's like three teams in a division. You play each team 15 times or something. Yeah. That's It's um, yeah, a 30
0: game schedule. And what Mark's referring to is they realigned it. They obviously have a Canadian division. One division in the Northeast only has three teams. That West is wild where they're probably playing te- – I think there's eight teams in there. So they're playing you know, however, whatever that divides into. Some teams twice, some teams three times. And then the, the taxi squads are still hanging out too. And, and I think yeah. that's going to be a really interesting mix of how they kind of rotate through it. I don't know about the Bruins. The Flyers have kind of mixed their fourth line through, through and – Seen different stuff there and obviously they the flyers have an injury with couturier but that i feel like that's another way that the youth kind of gets mixed in there and hopefully it doesn't get some sort of like i don't know too much of a merry-go-round where where guys get frustrated or get cold
1: and something like that so that's that's definitely something to work out too uh jordy you, you got to mention the rookie in minnesota that yeah. kid who had the highlight that uh before we move on to your terrible flyers, let's let's mention this kid who had that highlight highlight reel at a puck, took a one timer on a on a on a soft slow pitch softball pitch pass that he took for his yeah. first ever goal. Yeah,
0: Kirill Kaprizov, I, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. I'm notoriously bad at it. Uh, <laughs> Greg mentioned it. I mean, it looked, literally it was like a sauce pass that could have been you know looked like it was somebody casting a fishing line or a soft, slow pitch softball pitch and guy just nails it home. Guy has 6 points in 7 games, tied for the rookie lead. With another guy in the Devils, Ty Smith, a defenseman, but guy looks awesome so far. Minnesota, Greg, I know you were high on them. And you know, they they're looking good, I think. You know, a team that kind of we weren't sure, at least I wasn't sure what to think because they you know, they have these young guys, but they also have some older dudes that they've had for however many years the parises the sutters and all that stuff you know but i think i i think if they grind it out they could they could figure out a way to do it i might buy into your uh your your high stock on them
1: stop it some record that and, and...
0: yeah somebody <laughs> Rem- record this i wonder remind I wonder.
1: us remind, remind us of this for later <laughs> jordy or mark what do you think of this kid
2: I mean, he's just a prototypical Russian. You know, he's got that flair. Number ninety-seven. He's been—he's 23 years old. He's been playing professionally though for since 2015, so the past five, six years uh, in the KHL, been getting a point a game up there. That's the second best league in the world. So he's got pro experience, Um, and it's about time Minnesota got a flashy player. They haven't had any any name named, uh, you know, world-class guys in a while since Gavrick, I think, I mean, if you want to count Parise or Suter. But, yeah, it's about time Minnesota got somebody that, uh, you know, would make me turn turn the TV on for them, right? He's that type of player. So hopefully he keeps it up. Uh, I hope he does well. Um, and, yeah, it's just that, that flashy Russian.
1: You mentioned his number, and that's been like the – you know, people wear their numbers based yeah, on their is it birth year. Yeah, same as a like David. Sydney... Was he
0: born in nineteen
1: eighty seven? Yeah, both like, of them. Cool. Yeah, Sidney, yeah. Sidney Crosby. Yeah, I knew... you know, they, they they wear their number based on their birth year. Yeah. Is it isn't Patrick it crazy to think Yeah, Patrick Kane. Do you think it's weird to think that we're getting now to a place where these kids, they unless they wear like one zero one zero two zero three, they're, they're, we're gonna have O O birth years in the in the NHL in the That's
2: NHL. Nuts. Yeah, Jack Hughes, two thousand one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I guess we're just old, but holy shit. What's Quinn? Is Quinn a ninety nine? Uh, I don't know.
0: He's older though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, he you're, is you're,
1: older. Yeah. Oh, he's only a year.
0: Is he two thousand Wow, Jesus. Uh regardless. You mentioned the Flyers. We didn't mention we mentioned off the top, but we didn't really talk about the trade. Should we do that first before we jump into our two teams?
1: Um no, let's save it. Let's okay. save it for the All end. Right. Keep, keep the people wanting. Okay. This is the meat of the podcast.
0: Okay. All right. So the Flyers, you know, I've been doing the recaps. I know Greg's loved them. Um, you know, the season started off on a interesting note. Two blowout losses, one to the Bruins, one to the Sabres. Uh, they're 4-2-1, and one, though, overall. Uh, you know, some lethargic play, some high-intensity play, a very streaky team so far. Not necessarily the greatest passing team, uh, not necessarily the greatest breakout team, or uh, sometimes on defense. But I'm pretty excited about him so far. You know, it. Uh, I you know I I'm not hitting any sort of panic button. I you know the Bruins games I didn't get to really watch them aside from the highlights because I was in Florida. But you know, other than that, I I think we're going to see a lot of those of these kind of blowout losses. But not just with the Flyers, but with anybody, and you've seen it all over the place. Uh, so I don't, I don't think there's any reason to, to give any sort of panic. I, I do think, though, you know, you have to bounce back from it, and, and you know, the Flyers have twice done that now. With both times, interestingly enough, with Brian Elliott and Net in the next game. But I think this time is to give Carter Hart a little extended break, and you know, the other time Carter Hart got pulled, and it was the second day of a back-to-back. So I do think that's an interesting note. Although Carter Hart had a slow start last year, and I'll, I'll pull up that stat as i get your guys' thoughts on uh, what you saw during the uh, Bruins beat down of the Flyers last week.
1: Well, I was going to text you about this because I also watched – I was able to catch the Flyers-Penguins. But to me – and I just think that Carter Hart's great. And, you know, we, you and I had this debate a couple years ago when they had Carter Hart play during the Olympic break while, while everyone else sat. And, you know, you were saying that, oh, they want him to get – it was the All Star break. And... They
0: sent him down to the Phantoms, yeah, in the HL. Yeah,
1: I think it was the Olympic break two years ago. uh Two years ago would no two,
0: three years ago when the Olympics happened, he was still in the WHL. It was two years ago, his rookie right. year.
1: Well, the point is that they, they, I, I thought then, and I think now too, they just overplay him, and that's why he has these dud of games, and he just he has these games where. I feel like, yes, he's young, but goalies, they need that time. They need that rest. You know, they're, they're playing so much. They're wearing, you know, they're sweating a lot. They're they're working harder than anyone else on the ice. And I feel like they, they, especially Carter Hart sounds like he needs it more than anyone else and to break his stick over a post and which is uncharacteristic. He's a very even keel, like even in the biggest moments, he's a guy that, that doesn't let emotions get the better of him. So it's surprising, and I think that's frustration. Like you said, maybe slow start is his thing, and that's he's going to do that every year. But I feel like the Flyers are going to need him at the end of the season, and they shouldn't be riding him this hard at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh, the stat, though, this year he's 2-2 two and two in his first five games. Goals against average, 4.18. Uh, save percentage, of 0.88. Last year in his first seven games, Carter Hart was 2-3-1. Three and one, 3.32 goals against average and at 864 save so not necessarily the same more goals higher uh, save percentage though. You no, know, to your point though, I think the Flyers probably had an idea of a similar thought of what they had last year of being able to play him in more games and play Brian Elliott a little less and I feel like AV's adjusting to that on the fly a little bit, giving uh you know with an extra 2 days off, giving him a, you know, this longer break rather than rather than what uh you know, rather than just turning immediately back to him and saying, hey man, you know show us you're the guy although I will say we talked about it before the second Bru- or after the second Bruins game. I did I thought you know in a game that I don't think Carter Hart particularly liked how he played in the first Bruins game where flyers blew the lead then they go to the shootout and he you know and he wasn't too happy with that. you know he kind of turned to him and, and tried to show a sign of confidence to your point of tiredness though, I think, especially showing with no Sean Couturier. I didn't even mention that. while we've been talking about this, that they're going to need to make sure that guys are rested and especially Carter Hart going down the, going down the stretch. So Brian Elliott playing excellent as he is, or as excellent as he has been, um, you know, is great and everything. And he has the only shutout so far of the flyers season. Carter Hart, you know, it's crazy to think he had, he only has one regular season shutout and he is three in the postseason. Um, and that's in two and a half years in the NHL. But He has one shutout in two and a half years in the regular season? In the regular season, he has three in the playoffs, in one, in one playoff appearance. Uh, this is a guy who broke shattered WHL shutout, shutout records, saved percentage records, and all this sort of stuff. Damn. So, you know, I mean, again, if it's a slow start and, and that's what it is for this year, you know, albeit, that's okay. You know, but the, the Flyers, I mentioned it. A lot of that is, is sloppy play. There's a lot of bad turnovers where Carter Hart's had to bail him out, and I think the only reason why, frankly, they're at four wins is because of him for those first couple of games. The Penguins could have easily pounced back, especially in the, the second one where
1: the Flyers end up really blowing him out. Um, and
0: the- Mark, what,
1: Mark, what do you think? Do you subscribe to this, we have to play our, our, our the only goal, good goalie we've had in years as much as possible, or are you more on my camp where it's like, do the normal flow, let them develop, and then, you know, ride them down the stretch when you need wins.
2: Um, I think it's just a weird season because it's not, you know, a normal 82 season that's spread out over five, six months. So I think it's – got to be careful here and not play him every single night. I think you got to – Elliot looked good so far. So until yeah. he starts playing poorly, you know, Keep it fifty fifty for now, and then um, you know at the end when you need to make it. If you need to make a playoff push, then yeah, ride your guy.
0: Yeah, I think I think they're learning, and I think Av's started to do that. Elaine Vigneault, the coach, um, but stinks. But, you know he's he's done so he's done well so far with the Flyers. You know better oh, than we could say with fucking. Remember Dave Hackstall. Remember those days when I yell at you about Dave Haxtall? Um <laughs> But you know other things. You know mentioned guys coming in out of the taxi squad. Shane Goss bear Got his season debut last night. He'd been on the COVID list to start the season. Uh, he looked he looked pretty good, you know. Uh, kind of flashes of the Shingasas bear of old, and at times not so much. But so that that's a hopeful sign. Guys like Connor Bunneman, guys that we kind of saw bounce around the lineup for a little while, basically through this time last year when they started that point streak. Um, they've actually looked pretty good. Uh, we mentioned it in the beginning of the show or the beginning of last show. Nolan Patrick has looked excellent. He is two goals one of which last night uh, and you know I, I I'm pretty excited about about different guys Konechny, once again just off to a hot start scoring goals and JVR
2: like,
0: yeah yeah JVR Jersey James as they called him because they uh oh, stop went, it. went to his near you know near his hometown you know uh, north North Jersey kid uh Greg you love Americans why are you pissed off about this? UNH
1: UNH
0: Hey, UNH, UNH kid
1: um, uh, I'm pretty sure he scored actually, did he score the did he score the uh the the fourth goal when the when the Bruins blew that 3-0 lead, I feel like he, he was a huge part in that comeback.
0: Uh, Simon Gagne was the the fourth goal in that uh, game seven, but he was a part of that of that a huge part of that two thousand and ten team.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's why. I, I mean, obviously, I like him because he's when he's on Team USA. But I feel like I have this negative taste toward him because yeah, that, of of that series. Well, then, I and then
0: and then he was in Toronto forever, so that's probably that probably doesn't help you either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the one of the still a trade. I was pissed off about. I'm glad they brought him back. But uh, the last guy, well, not the last guy, because a lot of guys are up there. Kevin Hayes, Jake Voracek off to a hot start, over a point of game. Those guys, Claude Drew, though has now officially become the most tenured captain in Philadelphia Flyers history. Past passed Bobby Clark last night. He uh, racked up a few different points. He had a pretty, pretty nice deke around a number of Devils players that led to that Nolan Patrick goal. Uh, so congrats to Claude. Uh, he'll, it's kind of crazy that he's now the most tenured Flyers captain because he's... Wrote it out through one of the most tumultuous times in Flyers history. Although they missed the playoffs three times. They didn't win a playoff series until last year under his tutelage. Um, so, you know, I think looking back on the Giroux captaincy will be uh, interesting as a Flyers fan. I'll put it that way.
2: do is he a Hall of Famer?
0: Drew? So it's funny. He's, uh, what, second on the team in assists. I think second in points. He'll get to a thousand games if he if as a flyer if he keeps I think he's a hundred away. He's close to his nine hundredth game. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer though, because he needs I don't know how many total points he has. He has a ton of assists, but I just don't think he scores enough. The playoffs, I think, is something that'll if he ever really needs to garner a ton of votes, he needs to have some sort of real dominant playoff run. Going back to 2010, you know, you had guys like Billy Leno, who was almost a you know, this one and done flash in the pan rookie Uh, Danny Breer was was a crucial part of that team, too. And Drew was more of a role player. And then he's really well known for the huge hit on Sidney Crosby in 2012 in the in that series where the Flyers and Penguins, you know, really put the, the stamp on the battle of Pennsylvania. But other than that, you know, especially since he's been captain, hasn't really led the way he's, you know, a lot of other guys connecting being one last year have been the, uh, the main points getter. So I don't, I don't know if he's a hall of famer. I'd love to see him take off. Cause it's, it's turned off. It's turned into something where whenever the flyers have a slow start, it's trade Giroux, trade Voracek, And, and you know, somebody else has said that on this podcast, but, and other people have too, but it's <laughs> yeah. I you know, you need to see him take off a little more. I think the guys love playing for him. And I think that's why he's maintained his captaincy. And, and I think why the flyers have tried to, you know, continue to build around him as he's gotten a little older, but to answer your question, I, I don't think so at this point.
1: In his prime, was he ever the, the a top five first line center in the league? Uh, in yeah. the league?
0: Yeah, it, that, that's
1: tough because you – kind of when he was Crosby, in his – Crosby, Datsouk, Bergeron. Well, I mean think about the the centers, so Joe Thornton. Think about all the centers no, 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 in the that's league. That's what I'm
0: getting at because then McDavid, Eichel, they come in right as he's really peaking and that's – and like think about it too, Vorchek – was that's when he was super hot on the Flyers team when he was what second in the league in points? Um, granted, Giroux, a couple of years ago had a hundred points, so I can't like dog him that he's never had this dominant year, and then he doesn't even end up getting a finalist for the Hart Trophy, and he's only like seven points behind McDavid. But um, so he's had you know he's had extensions in you know in flashes of greatness, but I think without a without some sort of signature playoff run, I feel like. I, it's just tough to think. He's just had a long career, and that and that's awesome and everything. And I appreciate everything he's done for the franchise. But yeah, I don't. You know, he's probably a Flyers <laughs> Hall of Famer. He probably doesn't get his number retired. That's probably because he'd have to get in the Hockey Hall of Fame that way.
1: You're skirting around it. You could just say no. It's okay. I did you, say no. I you said you say before. no without betraying him. Yeah, it's okay. Um. Yeah, that's a great recap, Mark. Any other questions about the the great team from Philadelphia?
2: Um, not that I can think of I mean, Jory touched on everything I was going to mention uh, how the ghost did And then um, Nolan Patrick's hot start But I think uh, we've covered everything
0: Yeah, the other, well, we mentioned the Katuria injury There's been a couple others too Phil Myers, who we talked about last show um, Yeah, uh, you know, tough there But they'll get healthy eventually And the guys that filled in for him have been decent enough We'll put it that way
1: yeah, man. Let's I look at your bro- Bruins. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about uh, the, the the Boston Bruins. The, yeah. You guys were worried Boston about Bruins. them.
0: I thought they were going to be an excellent squad, and I think I'm correct so far. So you're welcome I mean, for me believing in your team.
1: I had them in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I had them in the playoffs. It was it was always going to be you know a, a show-me year, especially for some of these young guys who are stepping up. And Nick Ritchie, I think, has been the biggest surprise of the season. I, I came into the year thinking that he was a bum. Uh, and he um, yeah because of the power play he's he because pasta has been hurt, hurt and he's on power play one he's been uh scoring goals and having a great you know to the point where they moved him up from the sec from the third line to the second line so i mean you look at these games first game shootout win second game overtime loss third game regulation one nothing overtime or shootout win versus the flyers 6 to 1 versus the flyers uh, another overtime loss last or overtime win last night they're just it's just I would just love them to win a game regulation and and stack up some of these six to one flyer like games against the flyers and just keep keep that momentum going more than anything else because it's just getting these overtimes and shootouts. I don't think I can handle it for fifty two games yeah that's definitely uh
0: you bring up an interesting point with the regulation wins and everything because that obviously is the tiebreaker once you have the same number of games that might end up becoming much more of a uh of a talking point towards the end of the season. It, it does seem like something where, you know, the defense and the depth that you guys had, I know, you know, Tory Krug obviously left, but it seems like that's helping as, as well. The goalies have been playing pretty well. And, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's shut down wins that end up uh, making the difference. I know without the flyers victory, it's what it's a plus one goal differential. So you're welcome. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean four four one and one. You know, you gotta be gotta be happy
1: with that, even with only the two uh, regulation wins. Yeah, and and they're doing this all without David Pasternak, right? So it's it's oh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, you you gotta hope that not that he's all the offense, but you he definitely helps that power play, which last year was the best in the league. He helps it go for sure. Uh, even better. And he helps get the top line going him and Krejci and the three on three in overtime is, is a pretty deadly duo. It's just the same thing as a Bruins fan that Mark can touch on this next, but the same thing Bruins fans we've been going through or as fans we've been seeing for years is, you know, you, you need a second line that can keep up with the first line and because the third and fourth lines are going to be what they are. They're great defensively. They've been getting scoring out of the third line this year, physical, Bruin style hockey you get the first line who has the defensive with Marshawn and Bergeron and they have the goal scoring with Marshawn Bergeron and Pasta and then you just get the second line that Krejci's great, great uh, wins faceoffs, good player smart passes the puck and then they just has no one around him who who can support him for a whole season you know DeBrusque has been there recently and he's streaky some game, some some stretches he'll have 10 points and in, in five games and some stretches he'll go 10 points in 50 games. You know, he's just a, one of those players that can be hot. And then when he's not, he's just running around out there. So to me, I feel like they either need to get a winger for the first line and put posture on the second line or, or strengthen that second line, which has been the issue for the Bruins for years. And yeah. I sound like a broken record, but it works clearly because they keep making the playoffs keep making the conference finals. But I don't know, Mark, tell me why, uh, tell
2: me why I'm wrong. No, I was just going to agree with you. I, I think they I, they did this last night. They had um, Bergeron, Marshawn, and then Craig Smith. I like that pickup by Craig Smith. I think he could be that, you know, savvy bet on that line with them. Like, guys like um, – who are all the wingers that have played with those two? Anybody you, yeah, you put Yeah, so Stuniga,
1: Bjork. You no,
2: know, over the past, like, five, ten years, anybody you uh, put yeah. with them will put up points. So yeah. I don't know if you want to necessarily waste Pasternak in that spot. Why not stick him with Krejci, make that second line like a line 1B, you know. But um, I've been impressed with the Bruins. Um, Nick Ritchie's been a big surprise. And, and the young D, um, guys like uh, – their names are pretty hard to pronounce. Lazone and Zobril, Jacob Zobril. Uh, been i been impressed know, I with the young said. D that they have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was hard to hard to come in and replace Char and Krug, but they've done a great job so far. Um, still very early in the season, but definitely been impressed with them. Um, Craig Smith was a big pickup, and Richie, like Greg touched on, um, very this a lot faster this year. Um, I think he was pretty probably had a lot to motivate himself over the offseason, just to how bad he played, um, and it seems like he's playing pissed off now. He's scoring on the power play, so I like I like his game right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, they, Frederick, fourth line guy, moved up to the third line. Studnika was a stud last year in Providence and called up for the playoffs and uh, for the, or the bubble, I should say, played a couple of games. And all these kids, you mentioned it, Jordy, with the Flyers, you know, the young kids getting chances with, with injuries because David Posnock's been out. It's allowed these young guys to, to have a chance to play and, and even get first line minutes, you know, and, and, or frederick moving up from the fourth line to the third line and you know they they have this kid from Notre Dame Monders Bjork who he's been with the Bruins three years maybe now four, three years but he's just he's been on every all four lines he can never find a place he has all the talent he makes plays but hes he's a penalty killer now this year for them but he just like he bounces he was on the second line then he was on the first line now he's on the fourth line he just one of those players that I feel like in any other system would would dominate and shine, but the Bruins, they know he can be a great player. He's just not doing it with the Bruins for whatever reason. So, you know, there. We talked about this, Jordy, and and this would be a great segue, unless Mark wants to, uh, and or say other things about the Bruins. Just but.
2: wanted to add one more thing, Greg. your Berkshire alum, Kevin Miller, getting some three-on-three oh, yeah. time. What do you, what do you think about that?
1: About to say I, uh... Wanted to mention him <laughs> if you didn't
0: pumped to see him back in the lineup because he he missed all of last year right he missed most of the year before that because of uh ailing injuries so it's fun seeing him back in the lineup
1: <laughs> i mean what was it what was the stats really 107 or no uh, you know better than me. i just know he missed the whole year he, no, he missed two years he's missed the last two years he's it was like it was like 600 and it was just under two years it was like 600 and something days since his last NHL game wow. he broke his kneecap and then while yeah. rehabbing he was like ready to go and then broke his kneecap yeah, I remember, again. I remember that yeah yeah he like he was practicing like two games or two practices away or whatever you know real close to being back on the ice and he broke his kneecap again so he, he's been the physical presence that that they got rid of with Chara even though Chara the last couple of years has been slower but he's that physical presence that they haven't had since Boychuck and and uh McQuaid left and the three on three scares me a little bit because he's not necessarily known for his hands but with Grizzlick out or Mark with Grizzlick out he's like a veteran you know he's who else are you going to put out there every, every other defenseman super young and inexperienced besides Grizz I mean besides uh, McAvoy so it's like who you know with and and Carlos so without Grizzlick, you know Miller's the only the only guy you got you know
2: uh, yeah the, he's looked great so far but the, the whole thing with him is can he stay healthy um and we'll see time will tell but yeah he's he's, he's looked great and he's probably what, he, what do you think he's top five top 10 fighter in the league
1: i mean at this point this nhl he has to be yeah he's e just I awesome think jordy when he when he first came into the league or or maybe it was year two he him and Shara, had a battle and a duel for most pull-ups on the team. And he if I mean, if you're doing as many oh, pull-ups as Chara, incredible. who's like, yeah, I think, I think Chara ended up being by has one to
0: do toe lifts to do fucking pull, probably.
1: <laughs> but that's the point is that he, he, he's that, he fits that Bruins model of like, no body fat, you know, just absolutely strength. Jack Southern California, yeah, he, man,
2: you know, he's a beautiful man. A little bit of juice on the sides.
1: I mean, I don't. I I don't know if that's all true. We don't have to go there, but um, hot takes, man. (laughs) Oh, I mean, great segue. Uh, I don't forget we were talking about, but Jordy, if trades, if we're to trade from one division to another, is there like a how long do you sit out? Like, is the trade that so if I get someone at the trade deadline, are they sitting out until the playoffs? Like, you know what I mean? What's the timeline there?
0: What do you mean, like a mandatory quarantine, or like do you just not play them?
1: Well, I'm sure mandatory quarantine because it's state by state, and also uh, like what if a, a Canadian, there was a trade, you know, let, let's say let's say someone from a, a player on a Canadian team got traded to an American team, and vice versa, an American got traded to Canadian teams, with that border being basically locked down. What's the protocol for how long they have to wait before they can play?
0: So it's funny you mention that. There I don't know. A, has, has there a trade, trade there was, oh, was a, there? that I keep trying to talk about that uh, was between the Winnipeg Jets and the Columbus Blue Jackets trading the number two and number three picks in 2016 for one another, along with a, a local kid from Winnie to Columbia. That was a good joke, but uh, yeah, so, so Patrick Laine, <laughs> who had actually had a decent start to his year and, and a guy who sometimes known for taking some shifts off hadn't really and Pierre-Luc Dubois, who really took his last shift as a blue jacket off and was benched for the rest of the game. Um got swapped. Yeah, the, if you haven't seen the the final shift of Dubois' blue jacket's career, it's,
1: it's a men's league shift. It's a men's league shift. It
0: is. It's a men's league shift. Like literally you see nine skaters skate past him one way, skate past him the other way. He's like he's turt like he basically does like a spin. You know, it's it's incredible. It's just nuts to see. He, like, kind of throws his stick out a little bit as if it's, like, Harry Potter and it's a little little swish and flicked Guardian Leviosa. Nice. Um, yeah, you know, had to throw it in there. But, um, I'm trying to find here whether or not they actually have to quarantine. There there has to be some sort of an exception, but um, yeah, the, the swapping of them along with, uh, I'm trying to find the, the kid's name that's going to Columbus with them, with line A, but it's uh quite the swap, I'd say. Dubois kinda came onto the scene pretty well last year and Line obviously has been a, a you know, a big name in the NHL for the last couple of years. But Greg, you were talking about it
1: first. What do you think of the trade? Um, I mean, did you mention it was like the first two and three picks to was was it the first time? I think you're two right. Two yeah, I sent it to two you. Two and three, yeah. What was
0: it? I sent you it. I am trying to find if 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 Dubois has to quarantine or not. So
1: yeah, well, so it was like I think it was the first time the 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 so they went two and three overall after uh, Austin Matthews in the draft. Yep, and um, I think Pierre Luc Dubois is from Winnipeg, so it's like a going home party for him. So his a little dad bit. works for Winnipeg, right? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So he's like he's a little going home party for him, and you think he's and, from Quebec. The only thing, oh, it makes sense. He's French Canadian, right? The only thing that, the only thing that I and Mark touched on this, but the only thing that I find interesting is that both of them complained about being in defensive systems. Now, maybe they were complaining about the specific coach or the talent around them or whatever it may be, but they both were unhappy. And both Winnipeg and Columbus are known for their defensive style of play, Uh, and now they get traded to teams that are essentially the same exact style of, of play. Now, maybe with Pierre-Luc de Dubois, de it's actually him wanting to go back to Canada and being in a place that that he likes, as opposed to, it doesn't sound like he liked Columbus very much, but I just find that, like, with Liney, you know, I feel like his biggest problem was just teammates that he didn't necessarily like the talent around him, one, and two, he didn't like the style of play, so it's like, all right, now you're going to Tortorella, who is notorious for being defensive-minded coach, and he's not going to put up with any prima donna bullshit, and if you take a shift or a game off, you're not playing. So, I, uh, I'd i be interested to see what that what that lo- works out for them. Mark, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, we know why Pierre, Luke Dubois wanted to leave Columbus, right? He just wasn't happy with torts, and he wanted to go to Winnipeg Rip with dad. torts. Where his dad, his dad coaches in Winnipeg, so he wanted to be closer to his family, understandably so. Um, but I'm not really sure why Lion A wasn't happy in Winnipeg. Um, I mean, the guy absolutely lit it up there. I know people like, bash on his defensive style, but look at his stats. He had 44 goals his rookie year in 82 games, and then 30 goals, 28 goals. So he's going down every year, but he's still putting up points. Um, he's almost – What's well, he got 70 points, 50 points, 63 points. He's a stud. You know, you, that's tough to trade away, 22-year-old got a goal scorer like that. They don't come around very, very often. So I wish I, – maybe we'll find out why he was unhappy in Winnipeg and why he wanted to leave. But uh, I don't know. It's too early to tell to see who wins this trade. But um, Columbus definitely, I think, got better.
0: So, yeah, Columbus gets better. They get they get Jack Ruzelvik. Roslevic, who he can make his debut on Thursday against Florida. Everything I've found so far with Dubois. But that's because –
1: sorry. I think that's because that kid, he's from Columbus, so he just stayed – he, like, didn't go to Winnipeg because he didn't want to play for them. okay, okay. I think he was, like, a holdout, and he's from the area, so he just, like, stayed in Columbus because he – that's where he's from. That makes sense. So he's been in America.
0: Yeah, so everything I've found and I've looked on, like, fantasy sites – I'm on Yahoo right now. and It shows – the first note is Dubois is already comfortable in Winnipeg because of his dad, and two is Dubois knows he may have to wait for Jets debut. Uh, he says apparently he apparently said it wasn't because of torts, uh, but the Jets have given him a non roster status, which means that they're not uh, apparently they're not sure when he can play. I'm just gonna straight up Google when can Pierre Luc Dubois play?
1: Well, because I know Canada is super strict about letting
0: no they they have a mandatory 14 day. Uh, and but
1: I know Canada is super strict about letting people in from the U.S. because yeah. I think they have a they have done a much better job at controlling uh, the coronavirus than than the United States has in their opinion. I don't know if it's true or not because I don't know Canadian news. But anywho, I... so he does have so... to quarantine for 14 days
0: when he goes there. I just found this. So because the Canadian law, so. It'll be a couple of weeks before he can. Um,
1: right, so so when's the deadline? Like, is the deadline two weeks before playoffs? Like, you, you're talking about deadline deals and, and guys need time to, like, get accustomed to the team, the system. Like, if you're going to make a trade, you're going to have to do it early because there's just not going to be enough time for everyone to to quarantine, get accustomed to, get used to the new team. Unless you're in the same division, I feel like there's no way you can...
0: Well, even there, you know, Pennsylvania has a tw- two weeks or negative COVID test when you enter the state, you know, really, I think unless you play for the Panthers, lightning or stars, you're probably in a, in a weird spot, Arizona right now, they're, you know, they had all the deals with spring training, you know, so they're kind of figuring out, letting, uh, the coyotes, you know, they're, they're I'm assuming they're under a, an exception, but who knows if they make a trade or, you know, how that w- goes down.
1: Yeah. That's why I think it's gonna be interesting moving forward is, is the, trade that's a really good general, point. But, uh,
0: Trade deadline is so. Just sorry for interrupting you. Trade deadline is April twelfth. Regular season ends May eighth. So it's about a month. So you'd have time for somebody to quarantine and and be ready
1: by then. But um, so Dubois, Line, Mark, this season, next season, you know, who who who's a workout better for Line, Dubois, Winnipeg, Columbus? What do you got?
2: I think it's going to work out for Columbus because they desperately need goal scorers and he's a world-class goal scorer uh, i'm not going to get too complex about that he's legitimately a world-class goal scorer he's got he's huge he can snipe uh, yeah. one of the best shots in the world rich shots slap shot one-timers uh, and that's what columbus needs and i mean if he can buy into what Torch is selling that's a big if then i think they'll win this because uh i mean guys like that don't there's not many of them in the league and he's still super young and he had 44 goals when he was 18. So yeah, I think, yeah. I think they win.
1: I agree. I agree as well. I agree. Hey, a uh, great transition by us again, Jordy, what happened with Washington? Mark, I know you're passionate about this Washington COVID. What happened with that, with the capitals, what'd they do? So
0: the capitals, a number of their players were,
1: I mean, S- sorry, re- real quick, the transition game of, of, of uh, me today, in particular, oh, it's excellent. Has just been off the charts. Can we talk about that?
0: Hey, you know, it's, uh, Greg, you were always great at transitioning. I don't <laughs> just know why
1: you're. Just a I don't know why you're
0: so shocked by this.
2: Just a pro, just a pro. an pro. absolute oh, pros pro. Is pro.
0: <laughs> Real pro. What do pros. you think,
2: Mark? I, I have a question for you guys. So it was four Russian players in the lock in in a hotel room gathering together. Um yeah Ovechkin, Kuznetsov their goalie Samsonov and then one of their defensemen Dimitri Orlov four you know legitimate guys on their team all have big roles um just hanging out in the locker room when they're you know they're on the bus together they eat meals together in the shower together in the locker room together they're on the bench together breathing on each other celebrating when they score uh and then they get dinged for hanging out in the hotel room together um what do you think they're just having a little Russian party in there. Who knows what they? I was going to ask you. What do you think? What do you think they were doing in there? Four Russians, just hanging out.
0: I mean, they probably have vodka that's strong enough to kill COVID, right? Like that's why they—that's <laughs> why they didn't have COVID. That's why Putin told us, right? Nice. Oh. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I—I I feel like it's. A bit extreme. I, I, don't, I don't. know, like you said, Mark. Like they're sweating on each other. They're sitting on the bench. They're, you know, they're they're using the same towels i'm sure there's water bottles being shared percent. so it's like, like what what's the difference between that and sitting in a hotel room
2: and what if their hotel rooms are connected you know the door there's a door that connects both rooms like how
1: yeah i don't think it's they're just, staying in i don't think they're staying in hotel rooms that have connecting
2: to- <laughs> all right you never know but like it's the whole thing's so he
1: has to have like a mega suite right
2: <laughs> i, I think
1: presidential
2: i i think that they the more i think of this i think they had to have been doing something worse to get dinged that that badly something had to have happened maybe they were actually out somewhere at, at a club or something or doing something fishy i'm just speculating i have no idea but to get dinged that to get punished that badly for for that seems a bit uh you know just too much what do you think jordy
0: yeah, I agree with you. There has got to be something because you hit the nail on the on the head that they they have the crazy tunnel haka type of warm up. They they're on the bench, they're in the locker room together. So the fact that they can't be in the same hotel room, I know like we've heard that kind of stuff from like World Juniors where they had to be all separate and all that sort of stuff. And because they're traveling and all this and you know whatever it happens to be and. I don't know. There has to be something that happened because they were talking about Ovechkin's wife comes out and says, Oh, they all have the antibodies and all this. So I don't know. Is there something? Was there more Russian people that were there and they don't want to turn it into some sort of international thing. I know I'm really like conspiracy theorizing here, but uh, there's gotta be something that we're not, that we're not hearing and may never hear about. Cause if it is just, they were all in a hotel room on the road or whatever, that's kind of a weird reason, and and you know, mentioned it. They... It's also
1: the first. Sorry, it's also the first offense. I feel like the NHL is like trying to send a message more than anything else.
0: Yeah, that's actually a good point. Um,
1: sorry, that just came to me. No, it keep, might be because it's
0: Ovechkin, right? Like we we haven't really seen a a superstar get a serious get a serious suspension for any of this sort of stuff. You know, it's been general teams have gotten suspended or a team got a fine or loses draft picks or whatever, you know, this across the four majors. And it isn't a this household name that's been around for fifteen years and is on the cover of a video game and all this different stuff and and you know that, that's a that's you know, a it's a big deal. I think you're right about sending a message.
1: Thank you. I think I'm right too. <laughs> that's why it's you know give you a shout no. out Yeah no I mean Mark what do you think? Ridiculous?
2: Yeah, I don't know. This this whole thing's weird. I don't know. We'll maybe we'll find out more over time. But first offense in, in the league, uh, huge punishment. Greg, you're spot on with sending a message. But I think something must have must have gone down that we don't know about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So agreed. On top of that, we've gotten guys that have entered COVID provocation. It's called COVID. Uh, mentioned JVR was on at the beginning of the season. Alex to for the Blackhawks just got added on there. Notably last night, the Vegas golden Knights had their GM coach the team because their entire coaching staff was put into COVID protocol. So
1: jeez, did they win?
0: They did win. They wanted a shoot or no, they lost in a shootout, but it went to a shootout. It was a five, four game, which is nuts against the blues. Um, nice. Just complete crazy stuff going on but uh yeah you know obviously we mentioned at the beginning the central division a little affected by covid three teams have uh only played three games whereas three teams in the canadian division have played eight games uh so we'll we're gonna have to see what happens as a lot of uh a lot of schedules are getting shifted around teams are getting uh pretty busy G- februaries and marches i think there's a reason why they haven't uh stuffed april yet i think they're trying to be cautious there but that's going to suck for those, for those divisions. For those I, teams, I think they'd,
2: divisions. Ra- they'd rather all the players, every player in the league would rather have the madness of this. Like uh, be, having COVID being suspended, not being able to play, uh, blah, 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 blah. than being stuck in a bubble again. So.
0: Oh yeah. I think you're right.
2: Yeah. Uh, for the playoffs. Are they doing,
1: are they doing bubbles for like the, for the final four teams?
0: Uh, I don't think they've announced that officially. I think they're kind of keeping that as a, uh, Keeping that as a, a possibility that they might have to do that.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Because um, they've even thrown out yeah, the regular I mean,
0: season neutral site stuff. Sorry for interrupting you, but that's that's out there.
1: Yeah. Well, we talked about – we talked about if COVID – like with the schedule and being so condensed and a sprint, any team misses any length of time because of COVID, it's, it's going to be significant. And, I mean, we, we talked about it. It's just like – if one team has less games than the other is, are they just going to be okay with that? And it it goes off of win percentage. You know what I mean? Like where, where's the line and how are we going to do it? I think it depends on, I think it depends on how
0: bad some things get. Like if the central division gets really ravaged, like if Tampa ends up getting something crazy, you know, people are going there for the super bowl and something happens, you know, who knows, who knows if people are bringing it from Boston, uh sorry yikes. Throw it in there. <laughs> yikes sorry i had to throw it in there a little little football reference uh but who knows you know i'm just throwing the, those names out you know carolina's missing a bunch of games and you know they're the team that has to travel i guess maybe florida has to travel the most but um I'm trying to think of miles but who knows you know maybe it does turn into a points percentage kind of thing or do they do what they do in baseball where they're if there's Teams that are out of it and there's no way they can make it. Do they only end up playing, you know, 53 games instead of 56? You know, that sort of thing. You know how some teams in baseball only play 160 games because of rainouts and they're, you know, a dead last, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know how that, you know, maybe then they use points percentage to determine draft picks and all that sort of stuff, but
1: who knows? I don't know yeah. If, yeah, I don't know if you can do that because you're only playing seven other teams. Yeah, I so don't know. you're That's affecting a good point too. You're, you're affecting the top of the division. All right, Jordy, give us uh, what's the next topic here? Are we uh, also yeah. go ahead. Sorry, no, no, no. What's your also? No, it's it's an end of the show thing. Okay,
0: um, so we did have a little breaking news beforehand. We'll jump into the gambling last, but a little breaking news right before the show. The Pittsburgh Penguins GM Jim Rutherford has resigned and seemingly out of nowhere according to both the penguins and as well as rival gms he resigns because of personal reasons the penguins have said there's nothing wrong with his health he's you know thanked the penguins for everything it doesn't seem like he was fired again a rival gm according to this espn article i'm reading which it's crazy that espn even has hockey articles they show so little espn
1: lies espn lies
0: <laughs> I know you. I know you're not a fan, but um, yeah, you know, they nobody saw it coming. And what's going to happen? Their assistant GM, who was just named assistant GM recently over the summer, Patrick Alvin, who's a Swedish guy who's been in the Penguins organization since 2006, he will take over and will be working closely with Mario Lemieux as interim GM. And this has got to be something that. If you're a Penguins fan, if the Penguins higher higher ups, their owner, their president, didn't expect this coming, you got to be a little worried of you know what what's going on here and and what happened because for this to happen, he's seventy one years old and and kind of doing it. You know, I don't know. I would feel a little worried if
1: I was a Penguins fan. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's he made the wrong decision with Flurry. Uh, picking murray over flurry he made the wrong decision picking jerry over murray he's or murray over yeah he, he's just i don't know i feel like their front office their g they've just made bad decision after bad decision and the only reason why they're still so good is because Latang, crosby and malkin and to me i feel like obviously they have other guys who are good but you know, that gets on his
0: hundredth goal last
1: night i'm just saying that core care has been carrying them for so long and i don't know maybe he just realized that he's not doing a good job and couldn't stand the heat maybe super mario uh is is uh, a d-bag behind the scenes maybe maybe he's going to help start the kraken like you said who knows yeah pretty shocking mark What what do you got on this
2: yeah, I think, Greg, I, I know those are some of the bad moves that he made, but I think they made the playoffs every year he's been there, and they won two Stanley Cups. Um, <laughs> and so Mike, I just
1: shut the fuck
2: up. Mike Sullivan, he got Jake Ensel, Brian Rust. I mean, he's done some good things there. I mean, not everybody's going to get everything right all the time. The goalie stuff, uh, yeah, those are mistakes you can't make. But um, I don't know. This has been weird. Pittsburgh I got a weird vibe about them I'm not sure what their future is like do they have enough with just Crosby and Malkin there and Latang right now like I don't know it's question mark for me for them um but definitely weird timing like why didn't he do that over the summer or, or not over the summer and during yeah, why the two weeks into the season right you know,
0: I don't know um, if it's but... a he's holding off hoping for a hot start and maybe he can try to retool for one last ride because pittsburgh has said a number of times we're not in a rebuild we're we're trying to win now we're trying to get crosby and malkin a fourth cup and all this sort of stuff and
1: yeah while they're in their prime you have
0: to yeah you know and uh there you know i don't know if he if he felt some sort of pressure if mario's like hey matt murray over in in ottawa we didn't really talk about them because they've stunk so far but you know, Jari has been been question marks, and Casey DeSmith has been kind of question marky as well. You know, you know where are, where are we going here? And maybe he's just finally had enough, and he's kind of you know what? calling it quits. I'm out of here. But
1: wash my hands of this.
0: Yeah, get get the hell out. You mentioned it too. It's starting to crack. And even though they do have a GM, they could bring him on maybe as an advisor or something like that. But I don't know, man. It's a uh, a weird situation to be in if you're a Penguins fan and. And thinking, uh, you know, that we're kind of hanging on. We're, we're getting some games in that are, you know, some overtime wins, some overtime losses, and our regulation play has been okay at times. I think their, their scoring has gotten better, especially since the beginning of the season where, uh, you know, they were off to that hot start, and then the Flyers put a little pounding on them on opening night. A little shout-out there. But um, I don't know. they low scoring last night, I don't know if it's something where – they're just not sure, you know, they're, I feel like their farm system. Normally they find these guys that come out of nowhere last year where a bunch of dudes were injured. They were, they were in a good spot. And that's why I was high on them thinking they'd make the playoffs and they'd have something here, but maybe Rutherford saw something. He maybe didn't like having to juggle the taxi squad and all the stuff with uh, the AHL being weird. I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy, but
1: we're either going to look amazing or we're going to look, like absolute fools <laughs> when the truth goes out.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, this literally came out 30 minutes before we recorded this, and so about an hour and a half ago. Um, but, yeah, guys, so the last topic we had before we have Greg's mystery topic, gambling. Mark mentioned it off the top of the show. It's hard to predict who's winning. A lot of it's because of this baseball-style schedule, and I think a lot of that, too. Overs have been absolute money. Um I've been adjusting up some overs from five and a half to six and a half or six to six and a half to get some underdog odds. And I've been slamming past it. Shout out me of, I mentioned that that Winnipeg game last night where that game was three, two by the end of the first period. I think this is something that, that will probably continue a little bit where guys numbers aren't going to look there, you know, per game is going to look nuts, but the final tallies are going to look, you know, obviously not, towards the 82 game marks. I don't think we're getting anybody with a hundred points this year, but I think the, the best of the best are still going to be, you know, right up there with not off years, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not, are are we talking gambling here?
0: Sure. Yeah. You gambling kind of just an analysis of that, you know,
1: uh, I'm not the gambling guy in the podcast. That's
2: Mark. Mark, what do you think? I'm not the biggest gambler either. I did a, Two dollar, two dollar fifty cent parlay last night, and one thirty bucks. Let's there you go. go! Oh, Marky! I had Pittsburgh hey, uh. plus one and a half against the Bruins. I had Winnipeg plus one and a half versus Edmonton. So my strategy here was, I'm just not really picking money line. I'm just doing it. Get, I'm predicting that teams won't lose by more than two goals. Well, it's kind of nuts too that we've had a lot. That's a really
0: good point. We've had a ton of late goals of. Florida last night scores with three minutes left. They end up winning in a shootout, and we're getting just we're getting these games where where teams aren't out of it. We mentioned, you know, a lot of overtime games, I feel like that's going to continue going because I don't know if it's that players are are dogging it, and that's why there's more goals or or something where you're it's never early. quite no, out of it.
1: The, yeah, there's no preseason. That's early, right? Yeah, the stamina's not there. I wonder, I wonder if it'll start to eat like it'll start to even out and we'll get less and less of this as we move forward like later
2: on this season
0: yeah it'll be it'll be really interesting to see but that's a really good point on on taking the reverse puck lines of it um
2: and the under every time with the islanders
0: yeah i, I mentioned at the top of the show if you're looking at the islanders the coyotes the stars it's almost a lock that they're going to be an under every other team though their goal scorers are coming out to play and, and the bigger names you mentioned at marner you know, they're, they're all getting on there. I mean, even Colorado who had a little bit of a slower start is ch- starting to really figure it out. So, I don't know. It's exciting, okay. and I think we're going to see a lot of big names have, you know, these pretty incredible point-per-game years.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think Mitch Marner is a perfect example of that, right? Yeah, and I
0: mean, you know, we've had how many games where teams have scored six or seven goals? You know, you can't say that about last year where overs were also a dime a dozen, you know? I'd, yeah. I
1: mean, Carter Hart's breaking, breaking sticks. I agree. It's, it's uh it's a crazy year.
0: Yeah. You know, I believed in the Bruins, so <laughs> that's
1: what I get. <laughs> that's
0: what I get.
2: Greg, what was I your final you guys, thing you had? I know oh you guys mentioned the Kraken and I, I just had a question. Like at what point is there going to be too many teams where the talent, like it takes a hit. Right. I think, nfl has 32 teams mlb 30 nba 31 nhl i think they have right, 31
0: NBA's right still now 30. yeah nhl's 31 the nba started right to talk about expansion but right. to, i mean to answer your question are you mean like is there a point where like they get to 32 teams and the talent like fourth lines are just like barely, you know they're barely scratching the surface kind of guys is that what you mean
2: I don't know. It, it depends on every sport, right? How many teams makes the perfect amount. And it's obviously a money. Money is a huge variable. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I, 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 to, what to me, point, yeah. At what point does it start to get too much? To I agree with you, Mark, but to me, I think
1: it's, it's a matter of the amount like the talent pool coming in. Right. There's there's at this point, is there a big difference between the first line and the fourth line of teams, right? Is there a big difference between the second line and fourth line? Like where, like back in the day, originally teams, that's because there was only, you know, let's say a handful of colleges that did hockey. There was only only a handful of players who actually played hockey. Obviously we're from the Northeast, so it's different because everyone played hockey. But I feel like as more and more kids play youth hockey and and more and more kids worldwide come to the NHL, and I guess the talent level – the more kids, the the larger the talent you would assume. Like the more chances, I guess, of finding talented players there are. Um, but I hear what you're saying. Is is there cause for for concern about you know diluting the talent and watering it down? And and I mean, no. I, yes and no. I don't I don't necessarily think so because you look at almost every team has a young superstar stud. Almost every team has. You know, like Arizona, last place team. Clayton Keller is an absolute stud. You know, the Rangers, they have two first round, two number one overall picks, Their number one, number two overall pick in the last two years. Uh, Detroit, yeah, they don't really, Dylan Larkin, but that's about it, you know, and, and Chicago, obviously, they've had young guys, but they also got hurt. And then Ottawa, we talked about their, their young Russian superstar and Brady Kachuk. So it's just like, to me, I feel like the, the, Talent pool is great. Like, the younger generations, there's more and more players playing. So I think there's a more chance to, like, find superstars. Yeah. Yeah, But at what point point does that run out?
0: To that point, too, like, think about World Juniors of how many guys were from non-traditional markets. You know, they had a number of guys from California, Austin Matthews. I know he's been in the league for a few years now, but he's from Arizona. So we're starting to see that resurgence or that Or even,
1: I mean, look at, look at Germany. Like Germany, Germany. that's really five years ago was nowhere on the hockey scene at all. And now all of a sudden they're, they're a top team. Yes.
0: I I, I don't know if it gets to beyond the Kraken if they're going to try to be the first team to get to 33 or 34 teams, you know, I feel like, I don't know. I I, I'd want to see baseball and basketball get there. And it seems like this team's picking up with basketball for 32 and, baseball I feel like eventually it will get there if if not I know there's all, always the you know art theorizing articles that get thrown out of of it and you know your Greg's favorite website ESPN had their whole thing of saying that there was going to be a global baseball I don't know I'm throwing shit out there but I don't know I feel like 32 will be a good experience we'll see where they're at and and you know I feel like we'd probably be more likely to see relocations before we get to more expansion and and really serious dilution
1: I feel, like, I feel like the NBA would be dumb to expand. Not dumb, but would not be – I just feel like the NBA relocating is not smart because – or, sorry, uh, expansion, expansion is not smart because, man. yeah, I mean, Mark is the NBA guy in the podcast. Jordy and I are just casual fans. But, I mean, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are some teams in the NBA that have been bad for years and just don't have a superstar and will never have a superstar because they're not a top market. NBA is all about promoting individual players and – not necessarily team by team and and players want to win and they want to promote their brand and their market and in top places where they can do that, not necessarily sitting in Memphis where they're getting no buzz and no other superstars want to go there. So I feel like there's, there's a handful of teams in the NBA that just have been terrible for the last 15 to 20 years and will not be good for years to come because their superstars will just leave.
2: Yeah, Greg. I mean, just let's do the math. NBA teams, how many guys are like in the rotation? seven or eight, yeah, so seven or eight that,
0: yeah
2: they make a huge impact to their team's success rather than hockey you got 20 guys the whole team unit everybody's chipping in um it's just different so guys yeah the hockey in hockey the the the, the difference between the best and the worst is, is is much closer than the nba so i think i agree with you i don't think expanding is good for the nba i think they should have less teams and i, I think it will work out in hockey but um, moving on to the to the crack, and I wonder if they'll get the same perks that Vegas did. Like it sounds like they are.
0: Part. I don't know if uh, now the teams had kind of that that uh, you know.
1: The Trade experience of getting the, the, ex, the, ex, yeah. the experience of getting filleted by Vegas and then Vegas going to the Cup. I don't know if teams will allow it to happen again. Yeah, but exactly. It's it sounds like Mark. They're getting the same exact rules, like the exact yeah, same for, rules. Like play, team, draft, yeah, yeah, teams can only protect three goalies. They can only protect what a seventy. They can only protect or sixty, whatever it is. they is. Yeah, there's the options. They're getting, yeah, they're getting the same same rules that Vegas got. I think what you know, Jordy references all the time, but. Vegas was making deals of like, hey, give us a draft pick and we won't take Patrick Line. Or hey, give us a draft pick and we won't take so Vegas tried to build not only for the now, but they build for their future. So so that I think I don't know if teams will do those
2: deals anymore, but I don't know. You never Jordy, know. Jordy, quick question. You can't can't look it up. On the fly. Six guys you can protect on the flyers who are you protecting?
1: Um
0: Drew Vorchek, – what is it? The, and if you're in your first two years, you don't have to. They're automatically protected. Uh, so Jeru Voracek, uh, connecting. Carter me. Hart.
1: Carter Hart will be a three-year guy next year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he's the goalie, so it's six. It's six forwards, though. So. Six uh, skaters, isn't it? I think it. Is, I think it's six forwards, four six, D. Six forwards. Yeah,
1: six forwards, four a, D, and and a goalie. goalie. Okay.
0: No, yeah. Obviously Maybe it's goals. more than that, but. Um, yeah, Konechny, probably uh, Oscar Lindblom,
1: Joel Farabee.
0: No, I think he's automatically good because this is his second year.
1: That's why I was right. asking. But it's based on next year. Next year will be his third year. You no,
0: know, I think it's if they're in their first two because Konechny, Provorov, I think even Gostisbeere, I think they were all automatically protected um, oh, nice. in that for the Vegas draft. So I think yeah. I think all Farabee's right. fine. Um, who would be a sixth? Uh, probably Nolan Patrick. I think you probably want to. You don't want him getting getting yanked from there. Uh, I'd need to see a roster to, to really boil it down. I'm trying to think who else is like a, a pending free. Oh, Kevin Hayes. You have to protect him. Uh, I've just come to terms that's probably going to be JVR that's getting swiped from the Flyers. That's that's all I've really come to terms with that, the expansion draft.
2: I would
0: get rid of Vorchek too. Ah, oh, Voracek. I love Jake Voracek. He's, he's gritty's cousin.
2: I, I like him too, but yeah. I
0: mean, I'd rather trade him and get some value than let him get swiped. Like did you say, he's Gritty's
1: cousin. Like that was like a thing that people that normal people should know. All right, Craig. All right, get out of here. With Gritty
2: slander. Um, <laughs> do we know who Gritty is? Like as a person behind the mask?
0: Gr- Gritty. Uh, no, he. They found him when they did renovations
1: to the Wells Fargo Center. He was been living there. He's like the Phantom of the Opera. Mark, it's not even worth it's not even worth talking to Jordy about this because he he is one of those diehard Philadelphia people who just like as thinks Gritty is real and embraces everything about gritty. And it's I've I've done this with him and I've I've gotten on him for all this and he just continues to double down best. and triple down and he's put the best. down. He's the best. Stop it.
2: He's
1: Shoots interns with a T shirt cannon. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> Stop it. He is ours. They're, they're, they're gonna give him a sister, like they gave Wally the Green Monster. Have you not? They're oh, have give... you
0: not seen Gridette or whatever? Gritney? The thing, somebody made a fucking weird girl gritty, and it's very
1: strange. No, I haven't seen Gridette or Gritney. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a Smurf.
0: It, it Basically, it's an orange like Smurfette. Smurf uh, smurf I think that's it. a good time to. Greg, do you have one last thing, or or was that it? The expansion? Yeah, I've
1: have, I have two last things. Uh, one will be quick. One will be long. The the long one. Uh, apparently. NBC I just read this article. NBC is dropping NBCSN and they're they're trying to move the NHL, NASCAR, the Premier yes. League soccer to the it's, USA network.
0: It's all local, isn't it? Or is it the national? They're
1: no, the they're, national they're, as well. They're moving it to the USA network and apparently USA network is in 87 million US homes and NBC Sports Network is only in 80 million. So they're hoping that more people, because they have USA Network, will be able to watch. Interesting. Uh, all this stuff, but apparently the NHL's deal is up with NBC, so or they're in negotiations or something. So I wonder. Yeah, the TV if rights the are NHL, up. I knew that. I wonder if the NHL will stay with NBC or if they're going to move. Like, or I guess if they're going to stay with USA Network or if they're going to move to. I don't know. Where would they go? Where would you want them to go?
0: I mean, I know you. We were. You were giving them shit before but if if ESPN does get any sort of any sort of slice of the pie you probably see hockey get more exposure on on their
1: network where you know more of the uh, yeah but yeah but NBC has now is that peacock they have that online streaming service I feel like well
0: ESPN plus
1: exists as well and and both are equally as shitty Um, stop
0: it No, no, I'm saying they're both equally as shitty Um,
1: Mark where would you want them to go NHL.
0: Where do I want them to go? What
1: do you mean? Do you want them to stay with NBC? Do you want them to go to ESPN like Jordy's trying to convince me? Do you want no, them I, to? No,
0: you didn't let I me want... answer the question. I'm telling you that if they go to ESPN, <laughs> they get more exposure, and you don't have idiots saying hockey isn't a major sport,
1: which we don't need to dive down that. Well, well listen, listen, listen. The reason why the reason why the NBA has has been so successful is because they signed with ESPN, and ESPN only is going to talk about sports that are on their that's what networks. I mean. Yeah. So, and like they're, they're they're talking about the NBA because it's on their network. They're not talking about the NHL because it's not on their network. They talk about college football nonstop because it's on their networks. Yeah. So they're what, not the worldwide leader in sports. They're the worldwide leader in whatever's on their programming channel. That's a good point.
0: That's a fair point.
2: Yeah, like they don't even follow. They don't even cover soccer, and that's probably the most popular sport in the world. Well, they exactly. do show soccer
0: on like on Sports Center. They'll show it on
1: the top ten and stuff like that.
2: No, they'll yeah. show the MLS
1: because they they host the MLS finals on their
2: network. Come on. But let's also be honest. Hockey is you know it's an expensive sport. Not everybody. It's it's not applicable to sure. a lot of people in the country.
0: Sure, that's a fair yes. point.
2: So what network are we uh, Fox,
0: I Fox? So you didn't let me finish. I was going to say Fox. I think Fox would be a good, a good transition. That's
2: a good point. I just want them to bring back uh, Gary, Gary Thorne, Gary Thorne would the guy, be the best.
1: Uh, nice. That's was all was I want. Fox was Fox the awesome. glow puck. Was Fox. I was going to say, was Fox the glow puck, right? Yeah, Fox was glow glow puck. <laughs> for the all-star game. Those all-star jerseys were so sick. Oh, those were, yeah. The, when they were purple and
0: like, Weird, teal like, or whatever, yeah, teal. Yeah, those were those uh, are unreal. USA versus or no North America versus the world. Yes, yeah, those were and sweet.
1: Kachuk. I'm th- pretty sure Kachuk buried someone in the corner or Brett Hole. Someone buried. Maybe it was Lemieux or no? No, they would have been on the same team. Someone. I just remember it was it was like All Star game was actually hitting. Yeah. Uh, and then my final thing comment here, Jordy, is. Uh, there's a certain someone who claims to be an NHL fan and wants to be on this podcast, and texted you about it privately. And I think if they want to be on it, that person they know who they know who he is. If that person wants to be on the podcast. They have to text you the, the code word that you're going to give right now. And if they text you the code word, that means they listened to the whole thing and they can be on the next podcast. If people want to be a guest,
0: general people, um, let's call it. Uh... we'll say there's one that i could really direct at one person but um saying a certain player sucks but um
1: (laughs) we'll say i mean there's someone in your life there's someone in my life there's someone in mark's life who wants to be on this oh yeah that
0: yeah that person um we'll just say text me text me the word gritty and uh you can be on you you asked me for a
1: code word (laughs) you did it you you did it listen (laughs) you just you just know how to needle me you know how to get me (laughs) hey hey the uh the feeling is mutual brother all right closing thoughts mark what do you got
2: hey just quick before we go predictions on the super bowl
0: oh uh so are we gonna do this every two weeks is that is that what we're thinking here so the next time we all meet the a team will have won Yes. It's up to you. You run the show. Yeah, we'll figure that out because obviously we need to do a preview as well on this network. But, um, yeah, we'll talk offline. But quick prediction off my gut. I, I it's hard to go against the Chiefs, but, uh, yeah, the Bucks defense has something to it. And, and I think it's going to be a high flying game. Uh, I'm still going to go with the Chiefs probably just because, yeah, that, that team is so good. Tyree Kills, is unreal. Um, who
1: owned the Chief? Who owned the Chief? Um, Owns. Owns. Name that movie, Mark. Come on. Well, it's, <laughs> what is it like? God,
2: it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shot I never could do, but I had a good wrist shot. <laughs> nice.
1: So. Nice. Um, Mark was the point on the power play, Jordy. What was that? He said Mark was the point on the power play. Oh, nice. He, hmm. ran, he ran it.
0: this ass guy. In.
1: Didn't shoot. Scared to shoot. <laughs> uh, yeah I'm gonna go Chiefs same yeah my heart my heart is Brady but my logic is uh, Mahomey Mahomey
0: but alright we'll probably Mahomes. we'll figure out when the next when the next hockey pod will come out but thank you everybody for listening uh, and... one that la-
1: my, my, la- my closing thought oh, is right. uh, can we talk about how knowledgeable and great Mark has been like the kid actually knows like NHL stuff he knows he knows players. He's got knowledge like off the top of his head, whereas I have to like look things up and just talk in broad general terms. It makes it sound like I you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Marcus like knows everything. He's like on top of shit, and he knows Flyers stuff because he was a Flyers fan when he was growing up.
0: Yeah, it's been pretty awesome. I've loved having you on, Mark. Hope you uh you keep jumping on with us
2: yeah uh, thanks guys i mean i don't know everything i just i've been following the nhl for like 25 years now so i played hockey my whole life so love it it's all about you having passion for it and that's why i know know a few things here and there
1: oh yeah but uh yeah like let's I keep mentioned... this let's keep this google Doc open so we can like add ideas to it randomly uh when we think of them so we don't scramble last minute
0: no i love i actually love that idea so that's uh that'll do it though for this week's episode everybody let us know what you think the show notes tweet at us all that good stuff but we will talk to you soon go flyers i guess go bruins i believe in you guys i believe in the bruins that's what i'll say it's like go bruins i believe in the bruins go everybody bees. have a great week and we'll talk to you soon go bees